Shut up and sit down. When the Wind Blows, a disruption of the educational status quo, hosted by Aaron Barnes. And now, Aaron Barnes! All right, this week we are bringing you an episode that we recorded with another entity. The group Charter Connect does SEO improvement and overall online improvement for charter schools out there. They asked for me to be on their podcast this week. So rather than bringing you something uh, 100% from me, I'm going to share that episode with you. Hope you enjoy. everyone, and thanks for tuning in to the Charter School Connection podcast. We got an awesome episode where I met with Erin Barnes from Epic Charter Schools. She taught me so much about handling difficult issues with growing a charter school. In a single month, they grew from 34,000 to 68,000 students. So you can only imagine um, all the questions I had on how do you possibly do that and manage that. So uh, learn from her on uh, how they overcame that is super interesting. And then she just talked about the ability to do school differently and how we need to give people the right to choose how they want to learn. And so at Epic, it's not your traditional brick and mortar. Yes, you can meet with your teacher in person, but there's uh, virtual, there's different programs that they offer throughout the entire state of Oklahoma. Really cool. Learned a lot. I'm excited for you to dive into this podcast. Thanks again for tuning in. Hi, everyone. Welcome to the Charter School Connection podcast. I'm hosting today's episode. Today is January 10th, 2023, and I have the pleasure of meeting with Aaron Barnes. Aaron, welcome. Thank you. It's good to be here. Aaron, I was wondering if you could just uh, quickly take some time to explain like your position at Epic Charter Schools. And uh, after that, I'd love to just learn more a little bit like about your history, like where you're from, like, you know, how you grew up and things like that. Sure. So uh, I am the director of communications at Epic Charter School, and I don't know how other schools do it. Uh, we, you know, have kind of piecemealed things together for a while. And, and it seems like now we're kind of reaching this like world of historical you know circumstances uh, because we're we're still relatively new we're in our um, 11th school year uh, since inception and so we we handle obviously internal and external comms we do PR um, the the website is under us we have an intranet that was built uh, to let us discuss internally that we manage and then we handle events as well as social media. So, I mean, it, it's kind of a, a an overarching world of all things communication. Man, yeah, that's wild. Um, and for those who don't know, Epic is like a hybrid type school, right? It's not all brick and mortar. Could you kind of quickly explain a little bit like what Epic is like? Sure. And so uh, we have a few different models now um, and, and different charters within the overarching Epic. Um, the the original was one on one. And so that is uh, every student 
with a, a laptop gets a teacher and that teacher teaches in a one-on-one -on -one model uh, in person or virtually it kind of depends on what the family needs and wants and we are a choice school to the nth degree so uh, you can choose to have that face-to-face -face or virtual like we just said but we have 15 different curriculum options that you can choose from based on your grade level, how you learn best. Some of them have more video content. Some of them are more just read and answer. Mm -hmm. um, so that's up to you. And then you can supplement with anything you can purchase on Amazon, really. Uh, I mean, I mean, the sky is the limit on supplementals. Um, but then we've kind of adapted to, we've got a schoolhouse model that operates a little more. It's still very virtual, but blended face to face, but it is definitely uh, where there are maybe 10 to 15 third graders with a teacher um, at a time. And so it's a little bit rooted in traditional approach, but, um, but still very much uh, a blended hybrid model out there. I mean, and you say 10 to 15, that's still just like so such a small classroom in comparison to some of the other classrooms you'd find elsewhere. Indeed. I mean, well, and the teacher may may uh, have 30 students on her roster, but she may have groups these 10 based on ability or interest or uh, curriculum. And then she'll meet with the next 10, uh, you know, based on, on why they've divided them up as well. Man, so cool. And uh, where is uh, Epic located? Epic is located in the state of Oklahoma. Our district is the, the boundary line uh, that defines the state. And so we're a statewide charter school. Um, and that, that's kind of a unique thing as well. Uh, a lot of, uh, you know, a lot of charters out there are their own small district within a, a geographic location. Right. Uh, so ours is definitely uh, unique in that it is the boundary of, of Oklahoma. Wow. And uh, yeah, that, that's super interesting. And uh, what are like the pros and cons with that? Because I mean, I, I work with several charter schools that are just like assigned to like a district and like they can't leave that district and they're like wishing that they could reach out. But then there's also like a lot of pros to, to that. And I'm sure it makes life a little bit simpler when everything's like all bunched up. But I'm just curious to hear from you, like what what have you found to be the pros and cons of having the statewide? So pros are, you know, we we get to see what every student across the state faces, you know, mm -hmm. uh, rural students are completely different than urban students. And um, we're not limited in the way we teach. Uh, depending on that geography. And, and, you know, sometimes it's finding a way to urbanize the, the rural, and sometimes it's finding ways to slow down and, and, and um, teach the rural to the urban. Uh, so as far as um, the pros, like, I love knowing what every student in the state faces and knowing that we can be an option for every student out there. You know, you, you find something that you love and, and it's only for a small group of people. And you're like, wow, well, that group of people is super lucky, but here, you know, anybody that wants to come to Epic uh, across the state, we've got an, a way to, to teach them. Uh, and, and we just believe school can be different. And so um, we, we try to give them what they need and, and what that different is. Now, some of the cons, like uh, we started a basketball program this year. It's our first sport. And, uh, you know, we're, we're trying to um, branch out and 
and there just uh, isn't enough interest in some of the rural places, but but people still want to be a part of it. And so we were like, yeah. well, we don't have a coach in that area. I'm so sorry, hopefully next year, you know? And so um, organizing in that capacity is super hard but we have field trips across the state. And so we may, you know, send a kiddo to, um, to Ponca city to, to do field trips and, and kids from Tulsa, if they want to make that drive, they can go, but we try to geographically, you yeah. know, create, uh, social, uh, engagements and learning engagements across the state using all of our resources, uh, in the state, not just what might be available in broken arrow or, uh, in Lawton man yeah that that's that's definitely like a unique uh problem set that you guys have seemed to be to solve and that's great um um awesome well before we go any further i'd love just to hear a quick explanation about you like uh are you from oklahoma and like how did you like how did your life lead you into working at head of communications here at epic sure uh Definitely non-traditionally. Um, <laughs> I, um, I'm mostly from Oklahoma. We moved here whenever I was in the fourth grade and have stayed. So, I mean, I would say I'm definitely an Oklahoma kid, but my uh, parents live in Missouri and they like to claim me from there. Um, <laughs> um, gosh, I was a horrible kid. I am, I am a high school dropout. Uh, I um, definitely cheated to get my way through where I was. And then when they realized I had been cheating, they were like, we need you to come back and do some more. And I thought, nope, none of my friends are coming back. So I'm not yeah. either. And so I, I quit school, um, for, you know, super prideful reasons, uh, not because I was like a dumb, dumb or couldn't handle it. I loved learning. I just wanted to learn the things I wanted to learn when I wanted to learn them. So <laughs> Right. Um, yeah. I quickly got my GED and, and did college. Um, uh, but even at that, I was a non-traditional student. I was in for a couple of years. Um, and then I left and had kids and thought I'll just be a stay at home mom. But then the, there was this like altruistic piece in me that said, you've got to go back. You can do more. You can, you know, do more. Um, so mm -hmm. I went back, I finished the undergrad in education and taught in my local brick and mortar district here. And I just uh, there are so many things done in education because they were traditionally done that way. Mm -hmm. And because they were traditionally done that way, it's a lot of wasted time. Uh, I mean, I think we, we spent um, an hour, 30 minutes each day in bathroom breaks or preparing for lunch breaks or in the hallway, like an hour and 30 minutes of each day hallway time because it's got to be organized, you know, in certain ways just seems like a waste. You could cut that out completely, or you can fill it with more if you want to stay on the traditional, you know, time scale here at Epic. And so I, I thought I was a super expensive, um, stay at home mom after I completed my first year in that brick and mortar, uh, because I, I just didn't want to go back. I didn't want to do the things that they were doing the way they were doing them. Um, lots of me, me, me in that I'm hearing, but it's <laughs> fine. Um, and then a friend of mine had told me about Epic and what they were doing. And I called and I was like, Hey, I kind of want to start my own school. Can this be a vehicle for that? They were like, no, but we want you to just see what we've got. <laughs> 
And uh, I came on the inaugural year and um, and life has really been different. We really are changing the face of education around here, you know, one student at a time. And, and if we could just get the law to catch up with where we're at, um, school could be different for a lot more people. And we're not saying we're for everyone, but we are here for those who are bullied and don't want to go back. Those who felt like the teacher might've been bullying them and didn't want to go back. Those who are immunocompromised, those who, you know, like we're here for a huge niche of people and we're the third largest school in the state of Oklahoma. So there are enough people that say, we want to try this um, and who have, have stuck around because it, it is just different. Um, so um, yeah, that's me and, and then, I guess because of the high school dropout, because of the, I want to learn the way I want to learn. Um, it really has fueled my passion for it being a totally different, uh, model. Man, that's cool. So yeah, maybe your, your past kind of attracted you to what Epic was offering people. And that's really, that's really awesome. Yeah. Well, and, and shoot, I started as a teacher here. Um, within a couple of years, I was a lead teacher because as we grew and, and we have grown until, until COVID. Okay. So until 2020, from 2011 to 2020, we grew at the rate of 40 to 60% per year. Like until 2020, we were never able to get out of startup phase because when half of your school is brand new every yep. single year, you know mm -hmm. what I'm saying? You're still trying to find out what you are and what you can provide to people. Yep. Um, and so I would say for the first um, eight or nine years, we were in startup every single year. Mm -hmm. uh, 2020 hit. And as schools started announcing their, um, their COVID plans, um, we, we were done hiring in July. This is one of the funnest stories. We were done hiring in July. In August, people started announcing their plans. And in August, we had to hire 500 teachers because we doubled in size. And, and when I say that, we went from 34,000 students to 68,000 students in one month. It was the hardest problem we've ever had to face, ever had to face. And, um, and we've had a lot of difficulties. I mean, if you Google Epic Charter Schools, Oklahoma, uh, we're, we're, you know, a mixed bag of all kinds of stuff around here. Um, anyway, you know, when, when, when schools opened back up, we kept about one in four of those kids, uh, because they, I think that they found the school could be different, but just like I said, we're not for everybody. Three fourths of them went back. They want their social, they want the, the sports and the, the other opportunities that we just can't offer here. So. I, I still like, can't imagine like that month, how you probably never got any sleep. <laughs> I mean, no, we had already been in a world of, because, you know, in, in the virtual world, I mean, just you, Sean, having a cell phone in your back pocket, mm -hmm. if you want to know something right now, you Google it and you, you get the answer. Right. Yeah, right. Um, and I think that virtual nature, um, is hard to leave behind for everyone. And so you'll find that, I mean, and I'm sure it happens in the brick and mortar world as well, but, um, 
our teachers are being reached out to at 10, 11, 12 p.m. and and um, are answering those questions at 10, 11, and 12 p.m. Because if that's when the student is working, we're not going to limit them in that. You know, yeah. uh, we want to be able to be there for you. Now it is definitely hard and and some people have you know their boundaries they've set and and said i'll answer it in the morning when i wake up but you know i'll try to be as on time with you as you are you know in in your education world and so sleep is definitely um uh something that all of us need all the time not just during COVID. uh we yeah. it, it, the lines blur a lot in in virtual so then my question is um, regarding teachers, like you had to hire 500 teachers, like how was that? Because I know you probably wanted to hire the right teacher, but sometimes you just have like a quantity problem that you're trying to fill. Like were, were you able to hire like the, the staff that you wanted and like, how did that turn out? And did they perform well after just being thrown into a system? Like, I'm just curious how that turned out. Yeah, no, that's a, a great question. And it, it was rocky, obviously. I mean, some of them were, were warm bodies and that sucks to say, because we're talking about kids here, you know? Um, but, um, we we did find that we kept several because um they were the cream of the crop you know um but it epic um and whenever i was going through the master's courses i i tried to do everything on epic because nobody had there was no real virtual schooling historical data out in the world of even um you know peer-reviewed stuff and so everything i was trying to do i tried to write it or research it for epic and we found um with internal data it takes about two full school years to become an epic student i mean like really an epic student and that is if you keep the same teacher for those two school years so in our model um and that's the beauty uh you get a roster of students and you can have those roster of students from pre-k through senior high i mean i've i've got a girl who um is part of my husband's co-op now he's a teacher at epic i got her when she was a third grader and she's graduating this year and she's been in in the barnes roster the whole time and so that's that's beautiful um mm -hmm. because our teachers teach all grade levels here um which is another crazy challenge you know yeah, <laughs> obviously um but uh gosh and now i've kind of forgotten the the question that you asked did i it's answer like, it at all yeah i think you did just about like hiring the right teachers and how yeah. did that work out and were they able to manage it and so so oklahoma is um it was one of the first states that came uh, to realize there was a teacher shortage going on. And we were 49th in the nation. And there was a group of us that were called to work with the state superintendent on this teacher shortage task force. And I happened to be one of those people, which was wicked awesome. Um, and she, I mean, she was the state superintendent at the time, and, and now we've got a new one, but she was very forward thinking, like, how do we create teachers and and i'm open to all suggestions and so epic created something called the you teach program and we took anybody with a bachelor's degree and within a year's time 
we will throw you through our boot camp. You become, I don't remember what the acronym is, but basically you become American board certified teachers, A, B, C, T. I don't yeah. know. <laughs> um, and, and, and since then other districts and the state department has come up with their own sort of you teach program, but we just crunched the numbers and our program has a 30% higher pass rate. Uh, of that national, uh, I mean, the American Board Certified Teacher uh, test than the State Department, 30% higher. So we're creating teachers in that. And, and we find that um, a lot of times we've got, you know, parents who have decided to use this, this as their vehicle for teaching their kiddos. Um, and they're at home with their bachelor's degree. They know the, the system because their kiddos have been doing it for a year, two, three, four years. And then we say, you know what? You're brilliant. You've got a degree in, you know, X, Y, Z. Do you want to come teach for us? And so we, we've brought on a lot of parents as teachers as well be, through this you teach program. And now they're American board certified and, and not all of them stay with Epic, but that's okay. We're creating yeah. teachers for the state of Oklahoma. So if, if we didn't find them, we made them. Yeah. <laughs> Man, so cool. Okay. Um, awesome. That is, I still can't believe you doubled in a month and you guys were able to handle that. And that's just so, so impressive. My, my next question is we work with uh, virtual charter schools in other States and they've been around as long as you have, and they are just floating around the, maybe the 2000 to 3000 student range. And they also have their entire state. And then when you say like, yeah, we're sitting at 34,000 and you had the same time period. I mean, granted, not every charter school wants to grow. And but right. um, um, I'm just curious at how you're able to grow so quickly, because several of several of our clients do want numbers that big if they could get them. Um, and so what was well, your what's the secret sauce? I think a lot of that came from um, not limiting parents. And that's super hard on teachers and administrators. You know what I'm saying? To be able to track all the things, to be able to put KPIs in place for all the things and to the nth degree, you know? And so there's a lot of trust we've had to build um, in training our teachers to do this, but also training our parents how to help the teachers, you know, symbiotically. And so um, a lot of virtual schools will come around and like, uh, you know, K-12, for instance, they, they created their own curriculum. They were a curriculum model before they were a school. And then they, they created the school out of it. Um, so they've got fuel ed. Well, we used fuel ed for a really long time. So we weren't using their teachers, but we were using their curriculum. We mm -hmm. um, have the curriculum that lots of our brick and mortar virtual school counterparts are using as well with edgenuity or um, compass or Plato learning. Um, so I think that the choice, and again, you're going to have to look at your charter bylaws and decide if you want to change them, but giving choice and power to the parents has been huge. The other thing that kind of sets us apart is that, um, you know, in every school, in every state, uh, in every district, the state says, here is how much a kiddo is worth in the world of education, which is an ugly way to think about it. I, I mean, it's not my funnest way to think about things, but we've basically said, you know, the state says your kiddo's worth, you know, $4,000. We're going to take that 
that 4,000 and, and do what we need to do with some of it, but we're going to give you a thousand of it. And mm -hmm. so our parents decide what technology they need with that, with curriculum they want with that, what supplements, and then even um, things like extracurriculars, uh, that thousand dollar learning fund, we've created partnerships with a, a bunch. I mean, I don't even know the number, probably four or 500 different businesses across the state of Oklahoma that provide karate, horseback lessons, dance, basketball, judo, judo, you know, art, music. Um, and so we've got places like Abbey Road in Jinx, Oklahoma, that is offering our students music, uh, you know, lessons and, um, and in the instrument they want, you know, not every school across the state has a, a, a jazz band. Um, I know Sepulpa does, uh, but, you know, um, Lawton might not, but the kid wants to learn the bass guitar mm -hmm. and they can learn the bass guitar um, for my kiddo. Um, you know, we had gymnastics that was a carrot and a stick. The learning fund yeah. paid for it, you know, and we would say, listen, eligibility is a thing you have to be able to keep your grades up to be able to compete at the mm -hmm. gymnastics, you know, um, and so um, giving some of that power to the parents is huge, uh, you know, and, and teaching them how to, how to use and, and, and harness that power for the greater good of their kiddo. You know, um, my, my other kiddo is dyslexic and has ADHD and is gifted and talented, you know, so she's got this, this twice exceptional thing going on. And so for her, um, her motivation is completely different than my youngest. And so for her, uh, taking things and, um, getting her a lesson when she finishes a, a program or, um, versus a, a lesson daily or a lesson three times a week. And so we will, um, we will, we, we find ways to motivate the kiddos, uh, and the parents can harness some of that power because they know their kids better than, than we do. You know, we, we yeah. give the input on the standards, but we don't know who they are, you know, at 5 PM. So, man. Yeah. Well, that's awesome. Uh, seems like when you give trust to the parents that helps your growth, but it also, um, does that help with your relationship with the parents? Because I know with a lot of charter schools that I talk with, they say, Hey, we don't really know the parents. Like we see their kids show up, they drop them off and then they, we see them in carpool lane or whatever, but that's like, that's it. You know, maybe they'll come to a parent teacher conference. Uh, do you feel like uh, your relationship with parents is better or worse than, or like I better or worse isn't right. Like less or more than like the average school or what would you say? Sure. I mean, we're, we've got the same challenges a lot of kids face, yeah. but so, uh, our very initial meeting with a family, Sean, you bring your kids to Epic. My, my initial meeting with you is something we call an ILP. So every school across the nation knows what an IEP is. If your kiddo is in special education mm -hmm. here, we've got an ILP. So every single student is met with and talked about at a very individual granular level. And so if I'm talking with you about your kiddos, you're going to tell me, well, I've got a third grader and I've got a fifth grader and this one likes this and this and that. And once this curriculum with these supplements, and uh, this is the time of day we will work, but my fifth grader wants this, this, and that. And, and so from the get-go, we are talking about what's most important to you. 
and you're reciprocating with us. And so we are starting to build relationships uh, from the get-go. And then with the, the being able to keep a student from third grade to senior high, I mean, yes, I have gone to weddings and I've, I've been in the, the hospital room for birth of wow. some of my past students. Um, you know, it, it is kind of a beautiful relationship when it, yeah. when it works. Um, and then part of that too is, in that initial meeting and when you sign your kiddo up, you kind of commit to volunteering 20 hours a year. And, and that 20 hours a year can be at graduation or it can be at a science fair, or it can be you being a part of this learning process and working with the teacher. You know what I'm saying? And so um, when that's a part of the initial contract, it, it definitely helps carry some weight, um, with, with keeping in contact. We obviously have people that want to come here and hide out. We obviously have people that show up, drop their kids off and don't check in. I mean, so we've got the same struggles, but I feel like we were very, um, purposeful upfront with how we wanted the relationship with families to work. And so they, they buy in, uh, more often than not. Yeah, that's awesome. I'm getting, tell me if, I'm wrong, but I'm getting the feeling like that you're willing to trust parents a lot and you're willing to, you know, give that, you know, thousand dollar fund, uh, you're willing to really bend, but at the same time, you're like, we're not going to work harder than you. So you also have to buy into the program. And so like, is that kind of true? Oh yeah. No. I mean, so we, we definitely have metrics. Like, um, if your, your kiddo has to log in a certain number of hours, you know, in the week, we have to see that they've taken the attempt to log in at least once every five days. If you don't get that, you're probably going to get an email from us that says, Hey, we haven't seen your kid in the last five days. What's going on. You're at risk for being withdrawn. And the state gives us our, our rules on truancy and absenteeism. So, um, you know, we will send that initial email out that, that reminds them, oh gosh, you know, and then they can say, Hey, we've actually had COVID in the house or strep is going around in our family, or, you know, my grandfather died. We were on vacation. We're like, yeah, yeah, no worries. Just, you know, within the next couple of days, get something logged in and and done. Um, and so yes and no, and, and, for what it's worth, that thousand dollars never touches the hand of the parent. The parent sends us a link and the school buys the products that they're wanting. I, I, I wanted to make that clear. Like yeah. there's no hand, uh, no money in, in hand and, and yeah. exchange in that way. We, it's kind of an internal voucher mm-hmm. and that's an ugly word in Oklahoma. We're not a voucher program, but it is kind of, uh, if you want to think about it, an internal voucher program for them. Cool. Wow. Okay. Um, man, so, so unique. Um, and you seem so like sincere and like genuine about like, this is, you know, what we're doing. This is what's hard. This is what, so it's, it's so cool and interesting. Um, let's see here. You've mentioned a couple times about like, if only like, you know, state legislation could catch up. And then you mentioned like, you know, the state checking for absentee and stuff. So I'm just curious on like what your thoughts are like where is legislation now in Oklahoma like where would you like it to be what are some good things they've done up to like I'm just curious like on the legislative side like what is happening in Oklahoma 
And so this is a very Aaron opinion um, because <laughs> I'm not in the world that, that deals with the legislators. But but I was telling our superintendent just the other day, like, you know, when you and I first met and had our conversation, it took me 15 minutes kind of to explain what Epic is because we're so nuanced and so different from every other school. When you only get five to 10 minutes to meet with your, your legislator to discuss what, what it is that you want them to think about and, and, and move forward with in education, that's a real challenge. You know, they, they don't understand what we have and what we're capable of, for instance. Okay. And I'm going to go, I'm not talking about Epic at all. Chat GPT is this new thing, right? Some people really know what it is. Others have no clue. It is a, a program that, that I can type in, um, write a fifth grade essay on sea turtles, and it'll spit out fifth grade vocabulary equivalency of an essay on sea turtles. That is scary as all get out to teachers because it can't be um, monitored by like a Turnitin app, right? So a lot of schools are banning this thing and, and saying, you know what, we are not going to deal with this. But I don't know a more 21st century skill out there than learning how to harness AI for the jobs that don't exist. We have to teach these kids how to, to utilize the programs for jobs that don't even exist yet. So why not teach them how to use it for good? And so with that example in mind, if the legislature doesn't know what we are and they just want to ban because we want to be a mastery based school, not a seat time school, I could care less if it took your student 25 minutes to master a lesson or a week to master a lesson. And I believe so. I was held back in fourth grade. So statistically, I was, you know, going to drop out. Right. If you want to put it in that perspective, I was held back in fourth grade, but I really became uh, a troublemaker my second time in fourth grade because I already knew most of that stuff. I really just right. needed a couple of more months with the program than a whole nother year. year. And what we want is to become a mastery-based school so that if you need a couple more months in that uh, program, you can have it. If you want to finish the program by April and start the next school year, gosh, why would we limit you in that? You know what I'm saying? And so we really would love for the legislature uh, and our congressmen and women to know what we are so they aren't putting limitations on us to what is possible for students. Mm -hmm. uh, because not holding a kid back is huge. Right. We already know, statistically speaking, if, the, if a kid gets held back, they're 50 percent likely to drop out of school. How can you take that as a responsibility and not try to change it for the better? You know, yes. that's a huge responsibility. And, and I'm a success story, but that is not the case for a lot of kiddos out there. And so just kind of changing the narrative of what school can be so that we can hit the kids that are not getting met at their their local options yeah man that that's really cool um yeah and that's really well put um i feel like we've talked a lot about epic and um i was just curious if there's anything else that you'd like to throw in about what epic's doing anything unique if not uh typically the way we end our podcast is like a lightning round uh well or like I just ask a couple questions and we try to keep, you know, answers to like, you know, 30 seconds or less. Um, 
Are you ready for that? Or is there anything else that I'm missing? So I would say the only other thing that we're doing that is so different than the world, uh, the state of Oklahoma says somebody can be a student on the state's dime until they're 21. So a whole host of our students are kids who may have dropped out of their traditional option, but aren't 21 yet. So they come here where there isn't the harsh reality of a 20 year old sitting in class with a 17 year old yeah, or yeah. the stigma that comes with that. So we have that option, but this year we decided, you know what, up until 25, we'll foot the bill from 21 to 25. So if there are any, anybody in Oklahoma who wants to be a high school student and they're past that age of 21, we will foot the bill for that and, and educate you. And I think that is just another bleeding edge of education, uh, as well as leading edge of education. I mean, it, it's tough to be in this world. It really is. It's tough to be innovative and held back. It's tough to be forward thinking, but 49th in the States, because yeah. that's where, you know, we're stuck. And so I would just say, um, if you, if, if there are any school leaders out there, you know, talking with your legislature about what you are and, and trying to get them to think forward with you, that I think that would be just huge. So I'm ready for lightning round now. Oh, no, I, I love that you added that piece in there. Um, I, uh, while I was at college, uh, to earn this one scholarship that was awarded to me, I needed a certain like uh, SAT score. And I looked back at my SAT scores from high school and it wasn't like it didn't need it. And I was like, oh, dang. Like, so I had to go back and like retake the SAT. And I, I felt so... I don't know. I didn't feel good, like, because I was like 23 or 24 at the time. And I was in this classroom of like 14 and 15 year olds. And I was like, I, I hated it. <laughs> and so and I, there would be parents that would hate that too. What is this guy? Yeah, doing what is this? 14 year old. That's not yeah. cool. Yeah, that's not cool at all. And so like, it's just not cool for anybody. So the fact that they can go to Epic um, and not have that stigma and, you know, actually sit in this classroom with you know, people, you know, from a basically a different generation than them. So like, but that's a double-edged sword also, because um, again, the state decides funding based on, you know, X, Y, and Z. These, these students that are 19 to 21, they don't count in funding because mm -hmm. they're not on cohort. And so you, you end up, um, we're doing the world a service, right? We're doing the state of Oklahoma a service, <laughs> but no credit and and not that we need the credit for it, but it would be nice to be able to do more for the students and get the funding to do that more. So that's all. No, no, I'm glad that you threw in that piece. That's so cool. All right. So um, these are just like questions and we, we call it the lightning round just because it's kind of like a podcasty title, but like don't feel like rushed or anything. Okay. So, okay. Um, like I need a buzzer. Yeah. <laughs> so um, let's see. Um, if if you were given like a one time use magic wand, uh, what would you do to your school with it? Like what would be your one wish that you'd fix? Ooh, magic wand, one thing to fix. I would offer weekly PD on compassion and why doing it for the student versus self is the greater good.
Okay. Yeah, so PD as in personal development, right? Personal or professional, yeah. I mean, I think a lot of times decisions are made because we can track it, it's mm. KPIable, it's um, you know, scalable. Yeah. But uh when you're doing things on an individual basis because that's what the kid needs, um, mm. it's not scalable, it's not trackable, it's hard, it's it's um it's super hard. And so just being able to, to remove self from decision-making um, right. would be huge. So cool. Okay. Next question is uh, if like you, you mentioned how hard it is to convey what Epic is in like, you know, five to 10 minutes to make it even harder on you. Like if you had to like explain Epic in like a motto or a phrase, like if you had a billboard, uh, like an Epic billboard, like what would that billboard say? easy school could be different school should be different <laughs> i love that that's so cool um and then what would your personal billboard say like taking you out of Ep epic what would you know aaron barnes uh, billboard say <clears throat> gosh that one that's a tough one that is not a lightning round question um, <laughs> i need thoughts i need no i'm just kidding i mean probably uh there's no one way to do everything. Uh, approach everything independently. I love that. That's really cool. Um, approach everything independently. Yeah, I think that's that's perfect because even if there's like, a, like even if I'm doing the same thing every day, like sometimes it benefits me just to do something differently, like just to to learn to see with different eyes. That's awesome. Oh my gosh. I'm, I would hope that I'm not the same person I was five or 10 years ago. And I so I would hope that my decision-making evolves as I evolve as a human, you know, so totally. just approaching it different because, because it can be versus I've always done it this way. So let's just do it. Cool. Yeah. Um, Sounds anti-establishment. I apologize. No, no, that's, that's, that's awesome. And I love how you said, like, I hope that we're a different person. Like how depressing would that be to go back five years and realize that you're talking to the same person and it's like, man, I haven't grown at all in five years. Like how sad is that? Yeah. Um, cool. I was just curious, like, um, just in your, you know, place of work, working at Epic, do you have like any like memorable, just like funny stories where like you and a colleague just like just like had a hard belly laugh just because like, I don't know, is there an inside joke or something at Epic or anything like that? Oh my gosh, so many of them because nobody gets it. So we have to internalize with ourselves, you know, <laughs> like nobody outside of the world really gets it. Um, I remember though, uh, when we were trying to hit our 3000th follower on Facebook and we're at 30 something, 30 something thousand now. Um, but at that, at that 3000 mark, we were like, we're going to do something big. And it was right when Facebook turned on go live. And so we were like, oh my gosh, what if we went live and did a music video live? From <laughs> and so, uh, myself and our creative director, um, I kind of have this superpower of being able to rewrite lyrics to songs for educational purposes. <laughs> I tag weird Al Yankovic all the time. He's never liked anything I've ever said. 
um, and that's fine. Um, but uh, we wrote rewrote the lyrics to uh, "Schools Out" for something you know, like "Schools yeah. Out," yeah, for Epic, and um, <laughs> and we walked through every single office while this song was playing, and I fell off of a table um, and that was fun uh, because I was trying to like jump onto it and slide across. And, <laughs> anyway. um, so <laughs> that's super fun. We've pulled a lot of pranks on each other because, you know, in a very virtual world, if your computer is left up, I mean, it's fair game. And so oh, yeah. there's a Facebook post that comes up all the time. Uh, well, at least once a year, uh, one of our superintendents got on there and said like, I like to eat my boogers or something. <laughs> Just, you know, fun. Okay. The spirit of fun is in everything. <laughs> no, that is so cool. I Man, that's awesome. Um, and that's, I can't believe a superintendent was like that <laughs> fun or that, you know, that, I don't know, that's so cool to have that type of environment. Just know like we're doing something really cool and really serious here, but we can have fun while we're doing it at the same time. Yeah. Uh, last, uh, last question is, are there any books or podcasts or music or is there anything that's just like made you like um, a better educator or made you a better person um, or you would recommend to other charter school administrators or like, is there anything that you would just want people to, to know about that has helped you with your growth? So yes, obviously anything that came from Ron Clark or Jeffrey Canada, uh, those are, those are huge. I, I love the way Ron Clark approaches teaching and I love Jeffrey Canada's approach to poverty and, uh, people who don't have right. The have nots. Um, but Adam Grant, um, and he's got several different projects he's got in the podcast world. He's got one called rethinking, uh, and it kind of went along. He had this book called, uh, I have it up here. Um, I don't know if I have it. I, I don't know if I have the original one, but the, the hmm. second one he came out with like five years later and was like, think again. And so this podcast is like, Things we thought we thought we knew, <laughs> uh, we can rethink and, and rework and it kind of goes, I mean, that's probably why I came up with that lightning round answer that I had um, is I've got, you know, Adam Grant's narrative running in my, the back of my head all the time. Um, anything by him, Brene Brown, um, they're, they're huge. Gosh, there's um, a podcast now that is Simon Sinek, Brene Brown and Adam Grant together. Wow. I know. Right. <laughs> like the world did not implode with all of them being together. Now they're not in the same room. So maybe that's why, yeah. um, but they are all in the same podcast and, and the way they banter back and forth with each other and, and stuff. Uh, it, it really makes you think on everything, on everything. Man, I'll have to dive in and research that a little bit more and I'll include uh, links to all of those and in, in like the, the summary notes of this podcast, but um, that's awesome. Mm -hmm. Thank you for sharing that. Of course. Um, awesome. I am out of questions, but I'm super grateful to have talked to you, um, and just learn more about Epic and all the great things you're doing in Oklahoma. And just, uh, I'm, I'm inspired by, um, how you are building something that's different and you're not just like following the traditional mold and spending the hour and a half in a hallway. Like you said, you're, trying to create opportunities for kids all across the state, whether it's music or basketball team, like you said, and like, 
that's just so exciting. So thank well, you so much. One of the things I'm super appreciative of, just so you know, if, if I can make a Charter Connect plug real quick, uh, because we're innovating, because we're doing these things, we don't, uh, and, and because we're so new, we didn't know what we didn't know in the SEO world, in the world of Google Analytics and stuff like that. And so what you guys are, are able to do for us um, and, and bringing us to current in the world of Google uh, and, and fixing some of the, the things we didn't know how to fix, I can't thank you enough. Like, I am so excited for this partnership. And I know you're not paying me to say this. And I know that you're like, <laughs> a bit, but, um, but I am so thankful. And then you're, you're like, let's do a podcast. And I was like, heck yes, let's do a podcast because y'all are helping us so stinking much. Any way we yeah, can give back, you. we will. Ah, oh, thank you so much. The fact that you said that just so candidly, just, man, thank you so much. Uh, we, we love to do it. And, um, yeah, we're excited to see what comes with Epic because it's only going to be good from here. So, well, thank um, Aaron, thank you so much for your time. I know you're so busy. Like, I can't imagine being head of communications when you have, you know, you know, tens of thousands of students. And so I'll let you get back to the rest of your day. But thank you so much for your time. Thank you. Have a great day. All right. Well, that was it. Thank you so much for tuning into this episode. It's always fun to bring something new and different. We'll tune in next week where we are rethinking how leadership and education can better prepare the next generation for a rapidly evolving world.